Hey, everybody. Don't skip this. It's not an ad. Just dropping in to let you know this episode was initially recorded and released back in February 2018. And at the time, it was just for subscribers. And oh man, even just three years ago, it was a completely different world. Travel back in time with me to a universe where our main problem was just that Trump was in office. He was only a year into his term at this point, and we were all still wondering at what point during the next three years Trump's incompetence was going to cost us hundreds of thousands of lives and how it was going to happen. If you had the poorly handled pandemic square in your office betting pool, congratulations on getting rich off COVID. You're the new Jeff Bezos. This episode happened so long ago, I still thought Robert Mueller's last name was pronounced Mueller. You'll hear it. The Russia investigation had started by this point, but we didn't know a whole lot about it yet. We were still a full two years away from the findings being released and politicians and political pundits bragging about reading all 450 pages like they just walked on the moon. I don't think Stephen King has ever written a book that was less than 450 pages long, and there are untold numbers of people who've read every single one of them, and it wasn't their job. Also, I don't think I've even mentioned that this episode is about Donald Trump's ties to Russia, and I'm pretty sure it's one of the first episodes we ever recorded about that particular moment in American history. So you're going to hear a bunch of names that have since become synonymous with collaborating with Vladimir Putin to overthrow American elections. But back then, we were still kind of at the point where we were just getting introduced to the cast of characters. There are also, upon listening to this episode again, a few quirky little moments here and there, like the bit at the end where me and Connor are marveling at the idea of people recording podcasts remotely, for example. We have obviously cleared that hurdle since then. There's also a sort of creepy moment where I mentioned that I know one of the hackers who was involved in the Chelsea Manning scandal. Why is that creepy? Because he died a month later under mysterious circumstances. I mean, that obviously has nothing to do with this episode. Very weird coincidence, though. And speaking of mysterious circumstances and names you might recognize, until I listen back to this episode... I had completely forgotten that there was a point in time where Moby was neck deep in the Russia investigation. Do you remember that? And yes, I do mean the EDM musician Moby. He went on a radio show around the time this episode came out and said he'd met several CIA agents in his years of touring, which I do believe, and that they'd given him a bunch of dirt on Trump and Russia and we're entrusting him to get it out to the people. What the fuck happened with that? Have we checked on Moby recently? Is he still tweeting? Is everything okay? Someone check on Moby. Anyway, the reason we're putting this episode back out is because there's an update to this story. While you were justifiably fascinated by the GameStop saga, an ex-KGB agent came forward and claimed that Russia had been cultivating Trump as an asset for 40 years. That's a thing I'd speculated about a little bit on an episode of Unpopular Opinion a few years ago, but I definitely wasn't the only one. The reason for all that speculation was in large part due to Trump's first visit to Russia, which happened way back in 1987. 
BuzzFeed reported on this way back in 2015. And what's interesting about the trip is that immediately upon returning, he took out a full-page ad in the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the Boston Globe. And the main point of that ad was, why does America spend so much money defending other countries? Here's a sample quote. We defend the Persian Gulf, an area of only marginal significance to the United States for its oil supplies, but one upon which Japan and others are almost totally dependent. End quote. You might recognize that as being very similar to his, hey, maybe we should pull out of NATO if the member countries don't pay more bit. That is a Russia talking point. NATO exists to protect those countries from Russia. When Trump is asking, why is America policing the world and defending all these other countries? It's because of Russia. So as far back as 1987, he was taking out pro-Russia ads in American newspapers, and that started immediately after his first trip to Russia. So no duh, they've been cultivating him for a long time. We wouldn't let someone skate by on calling something like that a coincidence in a true crime documentary, so we certainly shouldn't allow it here either. Also, in 2017, Politico published a lengthy article about Trump's first visit to Russia and the claims that the country had been cultivating him as an asset since the 1980s. And now, as I just mentioned, an ex-KGB agent is claiming that all of that is true. His name is Yuri Schwetz, and he's the key source for a new book called American Compromat by journalist Craig Unger. Compromat is the word Russia uses for information they can use for blackmail purposes. No, that's not a literal translation either. Save it, commenters. Anyway, according to Schwetz, Trump first came to the attention of the Russians when he married Ivana Zelnikova, who you probably know better as Ivana Trump, back in 1977. That's when he became the target of a spying operation coordinated between Czechoslovakian intelligence agencies and the KGB. Ivana was a Czechoslovakian model, you see. Schwetz also discusses Trump's first trip to Russia and says he was fed talking points and flattered by KGB operatives and encouraged to go into politics. Here's a quote. For the KGB, it was a charm offensive. They had collected a lot of information on his personality, so they knew who he was personally. The feeling was that he was extremely vulnerable intellectually and psychologically, and he was prone to flattery. This is what they exploited. They played the game as if they were immensely impressed by his personality and believed this is the guy who should be president of the United States one day. It is people like him who could change the world. They fed him these so-called active measures sound bites, and it happened. So it was a big achievement for the KGB active measures at the time. And there's also a quote in the book about that ad Trump took out in 1987. They viewed it as a successful active measure that was executed by a new KGB agent. Here's that quote. It was unprecedented. I am pretty well familiar with KGB active measures starting in the early 70s and 80s, and then afterwards with Russia active measures, and I haven't heard anything like it or anything similar until Trump became president of this country. Because it was just silly. It was hard to believe that somebody would publish it under his name and that it will impress real serious people in the West. But it did. And finally, this guy became the president. He also says he was disappointed by the limited scope of the Mueller investigation and that this book is the continuation of that investigation. 
And here's one last quote from the author of the book, Craig Unger. He was an asset. It was not this grand, ingenious plan that we're going to develop this guy and 40 years later he'll be president. At the time it started, which was around 1980, the Russians were trying to recruit like crazy and going after dozens and dozens of people. So all of that, and somehow we're still debating whether Trump should be allowed to run for president again in 2024. What a time to be alive. Am I right? Anyway, let's get to the podcast. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Connor McSpadden. Hey everybody, welcome to Conspiracy, the show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm Connor McSpadden. Welcome to Mind Control Month. Once again, we're starting in the middle of the month, but (laughs) you know how we do. I mean, what are we going to give you, two two weeks of just like non-canonical content so we can yeah pat- like no let's just go right in the mind control it doesn't matter it's yeah a, it's a period of 30 days Deal welcome with to it. mind control four weeks yeah we go on the real calendar you guys are using <laughs> the sheeple calendar <laughs> we're talking about trump today and the theory or idea that trump could be a manchurian candidate yeah which this is this is interesting to me because I've have you ever seen the Manchurian Candidate? I haven't seen it. No, and I like that as Americans we immediately go to Have you seen it? Like it's not a book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a book that came out ten years before the movie. Yeah, yeah. But I've never read the book or seen the movie. Neither have I. I've only I only know it as a kind of a, a reference. Yeah. And uh, the 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 thing about this is like is uh, is he under influence like 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 conventional forms of influence and blackmail and leverage that you can have over a person or is it an actual like the, the, there's more evidence for that than it being an actual like somebody sat him down and fed him LSD right. while while they played you know fucking yeah that's that's the thing as we especially when we get to the end the term Manchurian candidate. People tend to think of it as definitely involving brainwashing. Yeah. But as it's been brought up throughout history, people more tend to use it just to imply that someone's under the control of a foreign government. Just a double agent in general. Yeah. And working to destroy the United... It's always the United States. Yeah. It's very, very rarely like, oh, there's a, a Chinese Manchurian candidate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So the most basic definition, an American president controlled by a foreign government, Mm -hmm. regardless of how it happens, that's how it's come to be known throughout the years. And the phrase comes from the 1959 Richard Condon novel of the same name. In that book, soldiers returned from the Korean War brainwashed to believe in communism. One of them is programmed to unwittingly carry out an assassination. Book got mixed reviews. Yeah. Which is interesting because it's so like... I've never read the book, but I know exactly what Manchurian Candidate means. Yeah, yeah. It's weird that something could be like maybe a mediocre piece of writing, but become such a ubiquitous term. Right. Yeah. It made Time Magazine's list of the 10 best bad novels when it came out, but it was a bestseller. And it probably sold as well as it did because back then, communists infiltrating the government... That was kind of a concern. Oh, I mean, this was, you know, the Eisenhower-Nixon era. Yeah. Like, that was... 
that was like the easy way to get everyone to pay that. Like that's how Nixon rose to power is is, right. is doing that shit. I mean, this guy literally went from you know this the congressman to the vice president in like so like so like ten years. Like maybe yeah. not even that long. Like just a crazy quick amount of time from just exploiting that fear. Yeah, you know. And so if if you wrote a novel where you had this like novel concept or whatever, uh, so I could definitely see how that would you know catch on with people. Yeah, and it. It's it, like we carried on with that forever, like mm-hmm. almost until nine eleven. Like we had at that brief period of time where the Soviet Union collapsed and nine eleven, where we were like, "Are just crazy white dudes in America going to be the enemy now?" And <laughs> yeah, then nine yeah. eleven happened. We were like, "Oh, oh okay. okay, good. Thanks. We need <laughs> this. Will tide us over until the aliens come. <laughs> the fake aliens that we've covered before on the show. <laughs> exactly. Yeah." Yeah, that was a weird. It is kind of weird being in between villains. You yeah, know? yeah. It doesn't happen very long at all. No, no. It's never. It's never long. But but that was definitely a time where we were like, who do we hate right now? Like, I don't know the, the is internet. It Clinton? This is this Clinton. Clinton? Yeah, is this right is this the bad guys? Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so another thing that happened around the time this book came out, well, after the Korean War started. There were actually there was a captured American soldier who delivered a speech on the radio that was just all North Korean propaganda. But at one point, official estimates put the number of U.S. soldiers who likely collaborated with the enemy during the Korean War at one in ten. That's a lot. Yeah, but I mean that's the estimate. I don't know. I think that's probably yeah. inflated by paranoia pretty heavily. Well, the thing is, I didn't include it, but right at the onset of the war and for a few years after, the estimate was like 1 in 6. Oh, wow. And it finally over the years they adjusted it to 1 in 10, mm. which leads me to believe, man, Koreans must just talk a really good game. They must be very persuasive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah, you, you know these guys GIs are going over to a brothel and then maybe she's just like, "Yeah, hey, you know, take some take some fat and fucking listen to uh, <laughs> listen to me talk about you know the means of production and how to seize it or whatever. Yeah, there were 21 American soldiers who retur- refused to return to the U.S. during the Korean War. 40 announced that they'd become communists. That's Which, 61 people out of how many? Yeah, that's a lot put? of people that didn't come back as communists. That's like a that's a pretty goddamn small number. But that's that's pretty indicative of how American policy works. Yeah. Like, that's the war on terror right now. Like, yeah, 9-11 put up good numbers, mm-hmm. but it's also good numbers is the wrong way to say it. Yeah. But, uh, they they racked up some stats yeah, on yeah. 9-11. They, but, got, they got a couple, uh, couple you know, banners hanging in the rafters. Yeah. <laughs> but beyond that, attacks like that in this country are very, very, very rare. Yeah. But they also are driving our entire global policy yeah. right now. It's just as a few, you know, a dude, you know, at a mall or a school just like, yeah. Mm, yep. A uh, Manchurian Candidate, like we said, also was a 1962 film starring Frank Sinatra. To- huge flop. Like, it didn't do well. Yeah. But it was also hugely controversial in Eastern Europe. Most countries there didn't get it until after the collapse of the Soviet Union. Because of what it was portraying, which yeah, was yeah. communism trying to infiltrate. Being evil, like they wouldn't let you show any of that shit. Yeah. The film includes an assassination scene, and there was concern at the time that it might inspire someone to try the same thing in real life. JFK was assassinated a year later in real life. Uh, these, these, you know, these conspiratorial movies, Adam, they, they get through to our kids. And, yeah. Uh, just really, it moves the culture backwards. <laughs> <laughs> they. Uh, it's also rumored that he was a fan of the book and intervened on behalf of the filmmakers to try and get the movie made. 
That's creepy. That is creepy. Even creepier, director John Frankenheimer was with Bobby Kennedy the night he was killed. That that's only not creepy to me because he was in Hollywood. Yeah, he yeah. was at yeah he was at the Beverly Hills. And it's like yeah, every every yeah. director, every everyone wanted a piece of that. That whole JFK like intervening and and like being a proponent for making that movie. It's like is that the president's way of like committing suicide by cop? <laughs> is that his way of like showing up with his hand in his pocket? You know, like pretending it's a gun at the police station. Like, I'm gonna shoot. I uh, don't want to live anymore. <laughs> So that's kind of the background on the term Manchurian candidate. So now let's talk about Trump and Russia. Because Ooh, a lot, lot, lot of things. There is a lot to cover when it comes to Trump it, and it's Russia. It's just like there's so much shit. It is hard to suss out a through point and a meaning and a verdict. You know? Yeah. It's kind of a cacophony of just a billion little things. Yeah, it's it's really a litmus test for me and Trump supporters. Like if yeah. if you get a Trump supporter to say, "Oh yeah, man, this Russia thing is nothing." That you you have a disciple on your hands there yeah, yeah. because there's no one in the world who shouldn't be kind of concerned oh, certainly. about Trump's ties to Russia. With the whole Russia thing, I also I just don't think it, you you also should not discount the fact that America is stupid enough to elect Trump. Right. <laughs> like this is yeah. like this. I mean, they did something and they're trying to help, you know, I think fairly clearly. But it's like we also are just fucking goons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, let's not forget. Let's not lose sight of that. That might be the bigger issue. Yeah. We're not a we're not a thinking people. I was just in Muskogee, Oklahoma. Oh, boy. I went to one of the Walmarts. And just what Mountain Dew does to a gene pool <laughs> yeah. is fucking astonishing. I was just, oh, wow, I didn't know Velveeta made an antifreeze. You know, it was just like these yeah. horrible, just Larry the Cable Guy presents floor mats. You know? Mountain Dew really becomes a dividing point in a person's life. Like if you yeah. carry on drinking Mountain Dew regularly into adulthood, something probably went like, I was like a I little askew in your path. <laughs> I see why people like have five kids by the time they're 25 because when they turn 25 they become a physical f- embodiment of a nightmare like everybody <laughs> just d- they age like avocados where it's just like uh, all right good good hot southern belt and then oh my god <laughs> like what <laughs> happened to you like oh wow cowboy cowboy fuck like night yeah. shift at the gas station just overnight yeah so yeah, don't discount that we could have elected a foreign agent to yeah. be president. Yeah, just just we probably know, did of our own dumbass volition. Yeah, but, I mean, it's just fucking everybody's got no one's got nothing in this shit. You know? No. Yeah. It's uh. So let, first, let's talk about his cabinet and their ties to Russia. We'll just go through. There's so many. Yeah. Uh, starting with Michael Flynn, he was uh, a foreign policy advisor and briefly the fucking national security advisor. Yeah, for like 17 days or something like that. Yeah. yeah. He pled guilty to lying to the FBI about his dealings with Russia, and specifically, he lied about conversations with Russian ambassador Sergei Kislyak. Yeah. And reports indicate that uh, who's in the, uh, before he was the Russian ambassador, he was a Mad Magazine sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> so there are reports that indicate Michael Flynn was in contact with the Trump transition team during this time as well. And that's basically the crux of the lie there is that he was in contact with Russia and, and claimed it wasn't happening team. while he was working for the transition team. He called Kislyak several times the same day Obama announced sanctions on Russia for meddling in the 2016 election. He's made several appearances on and received speaking fees from Russia Today, 
which is a news network often described as the Kremlin's principal international propaganda outlet. And he sat next to Putin at the dinner where he received that speaking fee. Acting Attorney General Sally Yates, a career national security official, and Obama himself all warned the Trump administration about Flynn at various points. Yeah. And they still appointed him national security. And they still hired him, yeah. Like that, any one of these things alone under any other administration in the past, I think would have really fucking derailed that administration. Oh, I mean, not that it's not that it's like on the rails, but I mean, there's something about the way that Trump handles these things where he's just like, he just, it's, it's just like he, like, it's like that old thing about propaganda is like exhaust critical thinking and annihilate the truth. It's just like, it's so much. You're just like, I don't fucking know anymore. Well, okay, man. Like, it's just, it's just every single day. I'm like, you don't, I don't even know if it's deliberate or if it's just a side effect of him being a fucking senile old racist but i mean it's like yeah just a bombardment of this and you're just like but by the time you fucking you're done processing like what it means for him to tweet about this and ruin that and it's like okay yeah i I totally forgot about that guy you know playing both sides of the coin on the fucking sanctions issue or whatever yeah and just imagine like in the 80s if reagan at some point is talking all this anti-russia stuff and then it comes out that he's got all of these business ties to russia people would have flipped their shit oh yeah yeah, yeah. i stopped watching wrestling because (laughs) uh nikolai volkov and sergeant slaughter i think it was sergeant slaughter it was someone were caught in a limo together on the way to wrestlemania and i was like they're supposed to be enemies yeah they are there's collusion and they were in a limo doing cocaine together before the first or either first or second wrestlemania Uh and i was like this fake bullshit yeah like, oh, that's so funny! <laughs> if only if only America be as discerning as you are with exactly your, with, with with your entertainment <laughs> and your uh, your news sources. Trump's a wrestler too, basically. Yeah, he fucking yeah. That's so. Let's talk about Paul Manafort. This fucking guy. Have you ever seen the Netflix documentary? Uh, is it called Get Me Roger Stone? Yes, that's a good fucking documentary. Oh, that's good shit, man. And he was Paul Manafort's like main business partner for yeah, a yeah. long, long time. But Roger Stone hasn't really been caught up in any of this Russia stuff, which is interesting. Well, Roger Stone just like it's it's so interesting just seeing how far back he got, like just literally back to Watergate, you know. Yeah, they got that list of all the uh, you know like financial like entities involved in the very bottom. It's like Roger Stone for like fifty dollars or something. He's like, oh, it's kind of cool, you know. Yeah, he's like the face of the shadow government, basically. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like he's he's just a he doesn't have an official role, but you know he kind of runs a lot of things. He's like some kind of like fucking like evil like like imp that shows up on a spawn comic with a briefcase <laughs> who's like, no, yeah, you wanna do you wanna make your powers stronger for at the cost of your soul? <laughs> like it's like that's his whole vibe. <laughs> yeah. And Paul Manafort for a long time was his uh one of his main business partners. He was also Manafort was a former Trump campaign chair. He was indicted in October along with his aide Rick Gates on 12 different counts, including conspiracy against the United States, conspiracy to launder money, being an unregistered agent of a foreign principal, false and misleading FARA statements, which is Foreign Agents Registration Act, false statements, and seven counts of failure to file reports of foreign bank and financial accounts. But Connor, these charges all date back to before he was Trump's campaign chair. So it's probably nothing. Oh, it's unrelated, yeah. Completely unrelated. Of course. And that is an argument you'll hear from Trump supporters. Like, well, that was before. But still, it's in 
his background, the ties to Russia are there. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they just formed when he joined Trump's team. Mm-hmm. It's that all of these people with these past ties all of a sudden join the team at once. Yeah. You're There's, insane if you think that's not a little weird, yeah, yeah. voters of America. It'd be like, I don't know, I've started a Dungeons & Dragons campaign, and everybody happens to be a pedophile. And it's just <laughs> like, well, I don't know. Well, we touched all those kids before we started the campaign, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're just trying to clear these, uh, you know, hobgoblins out of this woman's backyard for a few gold pieces and a dinner at the tavern. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, but... I mean... By that I don't reasoning, see how that's relevant. By that reasoning, anything that happened in the past doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Like, in any job capacity. Like, it would be the same as comedy if we had Cosby on, because <laughs> uh, you know he would do this oh, podcast. Oh, the, the emails. I mean, Cos, <laughs> give, give it a yeah, break. Yeah, you're embarrassing I, I appreciate yourself. you taking the time to type those as a blind person <laughs> to just dictate. Camille... Tell the white conspiracy boys that I would like to come out and talk about the, the charges against me. And <laughs> this is the first time I've ever tried to do a Bill Cosby. Impression. It was pretty good. It wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't as bad like as I was expecting. Everyone can kind of do a Cosby. It's He's not like Schwarzenegger. It's not a small club. You yeah. Know? It's like all my impressions are not like. Uh, uh, this is hard, really <laughs> difficult stuff here. Like it's like that. Oh yeah, liver, liver, Like it's the, the, they're not tough. <laughs> so. yeah. They're effective though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about George Papadopoulos. He was listed as a foreign policy advisor when Trump was interviewed by the Washington Post during the campaign. He pled guilty to lying to the FBI as part of a plea deal with Mueller. Jeff Sessions later testified that he was unaware of any contacts between Papadopoulos and the Russians. About a week later, a fucking picture comes out (laughs) of Papadopoulos, Trump and Sessions all sitting in the meeting, which is a foreign policy meeting where Papadopoulos was discussing his Russian contacts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, I just don't remember. You know, like the, the, the like I I understand doing the I don't recall thing. Like, do they have to photograph every meeting? Is that like a government law? I wonder. I mean, I hope so. It probably should be. <laughs> clearly, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's helping out now. But I mean, definitely. But I mean, I like I like I understand. Like, I, that's not as big of a turnoff to me as it is. Like, because I forget shit all the time. Yeah, like I'll get in fights with my girlfriend or something, and and she's like, "Well, did you ever? Was that the only time that you did this?" And this is not like I'm cheating or something, but like, right. She, what did you, and I'm just like, from what I remember, I mean, I don't know. I might, I might, two months from now, be like, "Oh shit, that's right, I did." You know, like, <laughs> yeah, blah 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 blah. And uh, so yeah, I understand using that as like a legal defense, and like I don't get like that mad at that, but it's like, duh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At, at least after the pictures come out, you should at least go, oh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. remember that now. Yeah. But the, even after the pictures come out, they're like, nah, he was just getting us coffee. Like, the motherfucker getting you coffee doesn't sit at the table. No, yeah, Like, yeah. they come in and drop that shit off and peace the fuck out. Yeah. There's also Donald <laughs> Trump Jr. He took a meeting in June 2016 with a Kremlin-linked lawyer who claimed to have dirt on Hillary Clinton two weeks after Dad locked down the nomination. Mm. Now, this is another example of... It's insane to me how blatantly the people tied to this administration will just lie yeah. and just change their story. He told the New York Times that the purpose of this meeting was to get dirt on Hillary Clinton. Yeah. I get that the Trumps aren't dumb per se, but they're also not that smart. No. I think they all they think they're smarter than they are. I can picture Trump Jr. going into this meeting like 
yeah, man, we were seeing what kind of dirt we could get on Hillary Clinton. And then the interviewer going, that's a crime. And him going, what? <laughs> I yeah, yeah. That's a crime? I yeah, I, I, that was no clearly idea. a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I was there to talk about sanctions. Russian adoptions. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Sanctions and things. Yeah, and yeah. Fine. <laughs> so, yeah, he changed his story three different times. Well, he had that. He like put out those Facebook messages with WikiLeaks, which is so funny. It's like the Donald Trump Jr. page just messaging the WikiLeaks page on Facebook. Something about that is like, you're not even going to go through some kind of like. I don't know, email that has like <laughs> security like or anything. You're just, just on Facebook Messenger, you're going to talk about this? And he's like, yeah, I love it, especially sometime right beforehand. It would be great. I would be so skeptical if WikiLeaks reached out to me through traditional communications channels. Oh, for sure, yeah. I, I thought I'd have to go to like a payphone in the woods. I was like, who put this here? I'm, I'm 100 miles from a gas station. There's just a payphone in the woods. You know? I'm not friends with, but I know the hacker that when Bradley Man now Chelsea Manning uploaded all that stuff. I know the hacker who turned that guy in, and I've been trying to get him on the podcast for the no longest time. Shit. And he like won't communicate without using these weird like chat programs that require keys. Oh and, yeah, 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 and, and like it, encryption. So like, if fucking WikiLeaks just emailed me, I'd be like, "Come on, you're not fucking WikiLeaks. Get the fuck out of here." Oh yeah, no. I mean if. If Mr. WikiLeaks, if that if that business suit with a globe for a head walked up to me like a Jack in the Box commercial and was like, Connor, we have some uh, we have some uh, we have a dossier we want you to disseminate on Mean Boy, I'd be like, I don't, I don't trust you, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, three weeks before Trump before Election Day, Trump- that's like that's like talking to the robot devil from Futurama. Like, what the hands? I'm going to have these amazing. Okay, great. Uh, three weeks before Election Day. Trump Jr. also flew to Paris to attend a dinner hosted by the Center of Political and Foreign Affairs. That's a think tank that was started by a wealthy French couple who are super open and honest about their business ties to Russia. And the think tank also promotes Kremlin policy and ideas and once nominated Putin for the Nobel Peace Prize, which that's adorable. Very funny. I think you can just nominate anybody, can't you? Yeah, I think so. You must. I wonder if you have to put money up to do it. Maybe, maybe it's a money thing. Maybe it's just like a vote from a you know the the delegates of the peace organization. Yeah, like that somehow lends credibility to it. Like when people are like, "Oh, I'm on this dating site, but I'm on the paid version, so oh, like everyone's yeah, yeah. cool." I'm it's on like I'm on Raya, where you have creeps to, have thirty dollars a month to spend. Also, yeah, where you have to exaggerate your IMDb credits to get on. <laughs> I know people that only do like the ones for like famous people or whatever. That's you know? amazing, and they're just and I'm just like. You're not that famous. Like, this yeah. Like, you're not. <laughs> you, you, they let you in? That This seems wrong. It really does. Uh, let's talk about Jeff Sessions. He uh, is attorney general still. He spoke with Russian ambassador Sergei Kislyak twice while still a senator, but serving as a surrogate for the Trump campaign. This includes a meeting in September at his Senate office. Quote, uh, this is a quote from the Washington Post. At the height of what U.S. intelligence officials say was a Russian cyber campaign to upend the U.S. presidential race. So that's another Russia contact in Trump's cabinet. Jared Kushner, Trump's son-in-law, he attended that Hillary Clinton dirt meeting with the Kremlin lawyer and led the push to fire Comey after he refused to stop the Flynn investigation. Russian ambassador Sergei Kislyak, again, claims Kushner tried to set up a private back channel with the Kremlin. What the fuck? Yeah, what do you... uh... Like, why would you need that? Like, any one of these things, again, Again, should be enough that 
It's e- like every voter would be skeptical. I understand a back channel during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Like, yeah, you got to. There's times where it's like, oh yeah, we got to have a private line right in. But for just a transition, you know, no, or just no. A, yeah, that a seems, campaign like that's like that seems nefarious. Yeah. Like, there's no good reason why that would be the case. Mm. But I mean, I'm it's sure not like so we can plan the birthday party, <laughs> like you know. And it's the kind of thing where I, I don't know how a Trump voter explains that kind of thing away. But I'm sure they would. Like, yeah. Just be fake news. Oh, because I've like whatever. talked to people and there's like little there's like little like information tidbits that you can like gravitate to. Like I, I was talking to someone about the Russia stuff and he was like, oh, but I mean, only only like, you know, four out of the 21 intelligence agencies have concluded that there is any collusion. It's like. <laughs> Like, like, and that's like uh, whatever the number. I forget the exact number. It's true, but that's because the Coast Guard has an intelligence agency, and they don't yeah. have. They didn't launch a, a Russian investigation, like you know, like the post office didn't, like you know, or whatever yeah. these other things. So it's just like, yeah, I mean, that sounds damning. On pay- and then you look into it, and you're like, oh no, like the CIA, the FBI, and the NSA, yeah, like the big ones did. You know, at one point, were six different intelligence agencies all working toward looking into this yeah so people are concerned Mm -hmm. people who know more about intelligence and foreign policy than any of us are really fucking concerned we got three more of the cabinet members to get through carter page again once listed by trump as a foreign policy advisor during the campaign his name sounds like a brand of high-end like toddler clothing yeah like we only shop at carter page to get khakis for and he, Braden. <laughs> he absolutely looks like the guy who, on an episode of 24, the minute he shows up, you're like, that's a spy. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That guy is that's totally so the one. Yeah. Like, he's got that, he's just got a squirrely fucking face. Oh, yeah, the kind of, like, smooth-cheeked, just, like, tight, like, little, like, mousy brown yeah. hair, just like, oh, I don't know. Like, like balding, but fine with it. Like, yeah, fuck yeah. you. Yeah. Put a hat on. Uh, <laughs> he worked for Merrill Lynch in Moscow for three years. Formed a goddamn company in Russia while he was there. Referred to Russia's takeover of Crimea as a, quote, so-called annexation. And openly admitted to meeting with Russian, <laughs> with uh, that same Russian ambassador during the campaign. My so-called annexation on MTV2. <laughs> it's crazy. There's another guy, Boris Epstein, who is another Moscow-born campaign advisor, special assistant to the president. He also said on live TV during a CNN interview that Russia, quote, did not seize Crimea. And the thing is, that is the opinion of the Trump administration, literally. Yeah. And no one else. Yeah, and Russia. <laughs> and Russia. And the entire rest of and, the and world. And even then, they're like, oh, we seized it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, did, I didn't put it in the notes, but another thing, a lot of these campaign advisors, this is from an article on Esquire.com called uh, The Trump Administration's Russia Ties. Fittingly enough, and they also mentioned in that article during the Republican National Convention when he got the nomination, one of the first things he did was change the Republican platform to include language about uh, Ukraine and Russia and how we shouldn't sanction Russia over what they did in Ukraine. Yeah, and it's like immediate, like day one. Yeah, you're yeah, changing you're right to, in, just gonna to a softer policy on Russia. Like that also pretty fucking strange. Yeah. Also, Rex Tillerson, he struck a deal with... This is actually one of the most interesting. He 
struck a deal with the Russian government to drill in the Russian Arctic in 2011. It was like one of the hugest deals ever made. Like it was massive deal, billions and billions and trillions and zillions of dollars. It and was then like nuts. those sanctions that we put in place kept Exxon from carrying out this deal, mm-hmm. and they are literally to this day just waiting for those sanctions to be lifted so they can go forward with this deal in Russia. Yeah. Like, if that's not, that's a huge fucking conflict of interest, even if he's not the CEO anymore. Yeah, it's, like you it's not can... like he's the disgraced former CEO. He just quit yeah, yeah. to become our fucking uh, Secretary of State. Yeah. I mean, that's like Channing Halliburton. It's the same yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly the same thing. So, and a, a, yeah, war is so just awarded the Russian Order of Friendship, where I just, I guess they give oh, you man. like a golden turnip. Uh, with like a crying <laughs> woman, you know, like uh, uh, I hope shawl. he gave him Robert Kraft's Super Bowl ring. Yeah, <laughs> remember that when Putin stole Robert Kraft's Super Bowl ring? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty amazing. Very funny. So let's talk about some of Trump's own ties to Russia. Ooh, they're too long. I'll tell you that. Am I right, guys? <laughs> hey, sold that joke to Bill Maher for <laughs> fifty thousand dollars. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Let's talk about Trump Tower Moscow. On October 28th, 2015, he signed a le- Trump signed a letter of intent to build a Trump-branded building in Moscow, according to the Washington Post. This was just a few weeks after he appeared on Face the Nation to say, quote, I think I would probably get along with him very well about Vladimir Putin. Putin returned that in December, calling Trump, quote, a talented person and the absolute leader of the presidential race. This motherfucker just plays people. Like, there's a great clip of Bush, Bush 2, talking about meeting him. And he's like, and I got a glimpse of his soul, you know? Yeah. And, and, he, and he just, like, you know, and, he, and he's talking about how, like, great he felt like he was and, like, you could really work with him. And then it, over time, you feel like he, he lost him to authoritarianism in that book I talk about a lot, uh, Bush and Cheney, the Days of Fire, yeah. Bush and Cheney, the White House. And I'm just like... Well, we we you didn't you didn't hear about those apartment bombings like you didn't like yeah you it's know? I want to meet Putin and just see what kind of, because he's got to be like a mystery VH1 level pickup artist oh yeah for sure he's, got, he's <laughs> fucking g- mystery that guy dude I follow mystery <laughs> on Facebook and if you don't fucking get get on it because he'll just <laughs> post like. I haven't seen my children in years. And then the next day he's like, we're running a pussy grabbing workshop in Belgium. Me and Bexter are taking reservations now. Learn how to find the dumb hat that unlocks your inner rape potential. And it's just, it's the funniest fucking shit. Cause it's like, I can imagine it'll be just like sad personal shit. And like, there, there was one, the, the, the moment I started following was he's like, I left my big fuzzy hat at a woman's house. He's like, R.I.P., you know, 1997, depressed or whatever. And I'm just like, no, the big fuzzy <laughs> no! hat. No! The iconic dumb fuzzy hat. We're going to buy that in an auction someday. Oh, dude, yeah. They're going to find that shit like when they found <laughs> the Declaration of Independence like on the back of a painting <laughs> in a woman's house. Putin is so transparently evil. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's so many bad things about him. But also, he's one of those dudes who, like... You see a picture of him on a horse with no shirt, and you're like, "I wish my president was that cool." Yeah, you do. I mean, he's just got he's just got the sauce. Or there's we, a little something called sauce, and yeah. you, you fucking have it or you don't. He's got it. You know, 
we talked about the Russian apartment bombings, and we we watched that video where he walked into uh, whatever their version of Parliament is. I think it's called Parliament. Yeah. And uh, he was doing this. It's w- called Parliament with air quotes around <laughs> it. <laughs> he was doing this weird walk where he was only moving one arm, and someone in the comments said, "Oh yeah, that's a thing in Russia to insinuate that you're carrying a gun." And I was like, "That's so dope." That's fucking awesome. I would like if Trump did that, I'd be like, <laughs> "Okay, <laughs> all right, that's know? pretty neat." Yeah. But he doesn't. If he, but he's just like, yeah, I'm going to put the nuclear football in a, in a fanny pack with my name <laughs> on it. You're like, oh, Instead, on, he man. gets on Air Force One. And did have you seen that video of his hair? Oh yeah, like he's got a comb over that starts at the front of his head and it, goes all the way to the back. It's like several folds. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like he folds it over like two or three times. It's terrifying. It's so horrifying to look at. I mean, the hair, like it's it's the oldest like thing to joke about it, but it's just like I still don't understand mathematically how it works. Like I don't think you could replicate that hair in a laboratory. Like you couldn't. It is Trump brand hair. Yeah, that like you can get that nowhere else. It's fucking creepy. This was another Trump response to Putin's uh, affection. It's always a great honor to be so nicely complimented by a man so highly respected within his own country and beyond. I have always felt that Russia and the United States should be able to work well with each other towards defeating terrorism and restoring world peace, not to mention trade and all the other benefits derived from mutual respect. So, no, he's got no ties to Russia. Yeah. What the fuck? I Uh, mean, there's being cordial, and then there's, like, sloppy toppy, you know? Yeah. And there was also that famous MSNBC interview, December 18th, 2015, This is another Trump quote. He's running his country, and at least he's a leader, unlike what we have in this country. And the person interviewing him asks about Putin killing journalists. And Trump says, I think our country does plenty of killing also. Yeah, which... That alone's a pretty huge problem. Yeah. I mean, that's probably true, but I mean, you should Oh, it's 100% true. You're trying to get the job. It's like you don't... But even, even Putin lies about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he knows better than to be like... Yes, that's uh, exactly what we do. Tim Dillon is so funny. He's a he's a comic, he has a podcast uh, with conspiracy shit too, and he was talking about like the sex scan, like the pedophilia in Hollywood, and he's like, you know, and, and if, if this goes all the way up to Spielberg, he's like, if it goes all the way up to Spielberg, he's like, come on, cover it up, like, <laughs> come on, we're losing so much culture, cover it up, like, he's like, you're trying to be the president, cover it up, just like at least you know, leave leave do the, your job. It's it's not your job to talk about. That's our job. You're taking <laughs> yeah. away hardworking podcasting. Russ Bell, America Jobs, you know? <laughs> exactly. I do think that first comment, the uh, he's running this country and at least he's a leader on like, what we have in this country, that's just clearly him just like dissing out of his ass. <laughs> like that's Oh, just, yeah. He's just shitting on Obama at that point. Yeah. I mean, it's that's just like he just goes in his grab bag of like fucking controversy and he's just like, yeah, ah, well, at least he's a leader, you know, like, uh, you know, at least he doesn't have a black wife. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think he said kind of the same thing about Kim Jong Un at one point. I also. think he did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like he'd be. I think it was almost exactly the same thing. Was at least he's leading his country. Yeah, what a fucking guy. <laughs> so let's talk about Trump Soho. This is a crazy fucking story. For starters, it doesn't get much more appropriate than this. It's built on the site of a 19th century <laughs> burial vault of a church known for its abolitionist stance and inclusion of African Americans. That's so fucking good. That so, is so perfect. <laughs> right off the bat, it's like the Trump reboot of Poltergeist. Yeah. Where it's built on top of a fucking burial ground. It was developed by a uh, mis- Mr. Spielberg. You're sharing office space <laughs> with Jim Bree? I don't understand. He's like, well, yeah, they're, they're the floor, floor down from us. We like to. They like uh, to be close to the action. <laughs> it was developed by a mysterious bunch called the Bayrock Group. 
in a lawsuit, Bayrock's former, which great name by the way, yeah, Bayrock. That's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's like a like a Baywatch spinoff or something. Bayrock. I would have watched the show. Oh, for that. sure. And it's just like tits bouncing on, like, yeah. you know, like uh, like carabiner chords. They're just playing, the shredding the guitar when they run out to fucking save people. Yeah, I'd watch that. Uh, in a lawsuit, Bayrock's former finance director, Jody Chris, quote, portrays... Who sounds like the guitarist for Bayrock. Yeah, exactly. Jody Chris. <laughs> this is from that lawsuit, quote, portrays the firm as a money laundering operation used to conceal transfers of illicit funds and disguise them as legitimate real estate transactions. He also alleges that cash infusions from overseas were fraudulently portrayed as loans to help the firm's principals evade taxes. Yikes. Yeah. This is another quote from that same lawsuit. Tax evasion and money laundering are the core of Bayrock's <laughs> business model. That's on the bottom of the website, <laughs> you know. Our mission statement. Tax evasion and money laundering are the core of Bayrock's business model. I uh, mean, yeah, there are, like, it's funny. They uh, they did, a, I saw a thing on the news with these, like, some of these shell companies, and you look at them, you're like, this is just in like a, a weird, out, like out of the way strip mall in Ohio. Like, it's just like yeah. a little business park, and it's like there's an office in there where they just like fucking clean up this, like this sketchy money, and they just kind of disseminate yeah. that all through, all throughout the world. And, you know, it's just like this very nondescript ass place. Like, it looks like the kind of place where I'd walk in to go do morning radio for a gig in East Washington. Right. Yeah. You know, like it's. Yeah, there's a lot of shit like that. Uh, have you watched the Netflix series Dirty Money? No. Yeah. There's a really good episode about money laundering. It's actually the only documentary that's that's a, a parody of a porn. It's just uh... <laughs> so the uh, Mueller team is reportedly focusing on the Trump Soho project and money laundering in the New York City real estate market in general as part of the Russia investigation. Trump, meanwhile, announced the project on the fifth season of The Apprentice in 2006, because of course he fucking did. Of course. Uh, we would play the video, but we're down a computer right now, which is also why we haven't streamed anything in uh, a good long while, but that's I, getting fixed this week. Hell yeah. I wonder why. I wonder why our computers are going down, Adam. We're being DDoSed by... <laughs> I think we are. At least that desktop computer in here... It, Woke up one day and was like, light internet work only, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what we were recording on up to that point. So we're getting it fixed. So this idea for Trump Soho was presented to him by the Bayrock Group and the Sapir Organization. Bayrock was founded by two Soviet-born immigrants. God damn it. <laughs> immigrants. Tafik Arif and Felix Sater. Uh, the Sapir organization was founded by Soviet-born financier Tamir Sapir and his son, Alex. Remember, this is all happening at a time when Trump literally cannot get financing in the United States. Oh, like, yeah. He's filed bankruptcy. This is like art of the comeback So many era. times. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, they come to him with this deal. And uh, this was reported by the New York Times in September 15th, or September 2015, this is Felix Sater in an email to Michael Cohen, the Trump company vice president. And Felix Sater is uh, one of the founders of the Bayrock Group. This is a quote. I will get Putin on this program and we will get Donald elected. We both know no one else knows how to pull this off without stupidity or greed getting in the way. I know how to play it and we will get this done. Buddy, our boy can become president of the USA and we can engineer it. I will get all of Putin's team to buy in on this. I will. But please tell me more about how there's no collusion yeah. with Russia to get Trump elected. Man, that is so. It's just like 
I saw someone had a good take on it where he's like, we've gotten like two or three emails like from the Trump campaign and they are comically incriminating. And then there's like thousands of Hillary emails with her just like wishing people happy birthday, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's nuts. Like there's so much evidence that something is amiss. Yeah. Even if Trump is being played unwittingly, it's still a huge fucking problem. Yeah. And maybe that's it. Maybe someone just needs to sit him down and go, look, you're being played. And it needs to be someone who uh, he believes, and maybe the country will be fine after that. I mean, it's who the, fucking knows? It's the thing of like he's just like you watch some of those like cabinet meeting clips that they'll play of just everyone just like taking turns sucking his dick, like your vision and blah blah blah. And it's just like with regard, like that is not good for a human being to have no yes man around you. Like if you know, even with the the, the shit that you know. Like, podcasting or whatever i'm just like i want people that are gonna be like that sucks yeah you want to you want no men you want people that are like hey that's a terrible idea you're gonna look any industry oh for sure yeah no matter what you're doing you never want a person at the top who has no one questioning their decisions no like it's always a bad thing so let's talk about the 2013 miss universe pageant i i guess i didn't realize this is where all of the the p-tape dossier stuff happened yeah and in 2013, Trump was paid $20 million to host the Miss Universe pageant in Because all the birther Moscow. stuff, when did the birther stuff go down? That was earlier. I think it was like... I believe. Oh, nine, oh, ten, like 2010. Like some, yeah. Right after he kind of took off. Because I remember buying a t-shirt when Obama finally released his birth certificate. I, his campaign sold t-shirts with his actual birth certificate on it. Oh, that's funny. And I remember buying one, and it was when I lived in South Dakota, so it had to be pre 2012 at least okay yeah 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 because it's like once that happened and you get he got roasted at the correspondence dinner it's kind of like that's what lit the f- I, you don't yeah. know if, you don't know if this notion had metastasized in his head right. and even so i mean he was still doing stupid shit even after he'd run for president so i mean i don't know how much he was like thinking about this right like, sure like you know he's like oh yeah i've got all these howard stern interviews just where i'm talking about pussy or whatever and uh and it's just funny that he's just like okay you know to uh, Two years later, or whatever, maybe in 2015, yeah. he's going to declare his candidacy. And it's just, you weren't like, you'd already registered makeamericangreatagain.com as a, a trademark or whatever. Like, yeah. You didn't think that you thought that nobody was going <laughs> to know what was going on here. Like, you know, you could, the other shit, you could be like, yeah, it was the 80s, you know, but this is, tw- this is yeah. 2013. This is the new stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is like Snapchat was around. Like, this is recent. <laughs> that fee and his alleged conduct behind closed doors at this event are apparently also a focus of the Russia investigation. For starters, in an interview he gave during the event from his hotel room, when he was asked if he had a relationship with Putin, he said, quote, I do have a relationship with him. Nice. Which he has since said, I barely know the guy. So which one is it? He's on record saying both. Him bringing the pageant to Moscow was orchestrated during a meeting between Trump's top Miss Universe executive, Paula Shugart, and European pop star Amin Agalarov, whose dad is a Russian real estate mogul named Alex Agalarov. I really think if you, like, by colluding with a country full of, like, names that we don't often see, it's like, no one's ever going to be able to keep all these characters straight. 
You know, yeah, no one's ever gonna be able to just you know. Wait, was Kislyak the pop the model or was he (laughs) Papadopoulos? That's that's a kind of Greek yogurt. I don't know, like you know. Yeah, it's it almost seems like the same kind of strategy where there's so much Russia news where we're just like, okay, it's too much. Let's just stop talking. You've got you've got to memorize 85 alien ass syllables (laughs) and and their and their roles to like make any sense of it. In an interview with Forbes. Agalarov claims Shugart agreed to the $20 million right away and said the Trump organization needed the money because, quote, you have a lot of debts. Mm. Mm. Uh, His publicist, a Brit named Rob Goldstein, was the man who first contacted Trump Jr. about the meeting to deliver sensitive info on Hillary Clinton. Rob Goldstone. How is that the name you fucked up? Oh, wait. What did I say? You said Goldstein. Oh, well... Zionist conspiracies, it's, it's, things it's like your that. Internalized, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just <laughs> reaching for that. In the, we're just heading in that direction always on this show, kind of. What is the Jew phobia? Is there a Jewophobic? What is that? I don't know. Isn't there like because there's like you know Islamophobia or like homophobia? Isn't it anti-Semitism? Yeah, yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah. I I was thinking there was a a blabama flobe flob for it. <laughs> It probably is. It's the scariest time of day for the Conspiracy of the Show team. 10 in the morning, guys, so (laughs) I am not sharp. I apologize. Prior to the 2013 Moscow pageant, this was a tweet from Trump, and I saw this recently and thought it was fake. Oh, yeah, because you see it, and like, sometimes they just retweet some of the old 2012 stuff, and you're like, for the love of God, they're like, yeah, at least delete it. Yeah. This is a tweet from right before the pageant. Do you think Putin will be going to the Miss Universe pageant in November in Moscow? If so, will he become my new best friend? He tweeted that. It's not even like fu- like funny. Like what? It's not. This- it sounds desperate. None of this sounds weird. thirsty. Yeah, it's just a weird thing to say. You know, like it's like I'm going to New York in April. Will Howard Stern be my BFF? <laughs> like what? That's a great way to make sure they won't be your BFF. No. And sure enough, he did. You're immediately like subjugating yourself to like bitch status with that. Right. You know? And Putin did make plans to meet with him and then canceled. uh, Oh, dude. I I bet he always planned on canceling just to fucking. Yeah, I would hope so. And, but here was another Trump quote from a 2015 radio interview I was with the top level people, both oligarchs and general. Uh, and generals and top of the government people. I can't go further than that, but I will tell you that I met the top people and the relationship was extraordinary. For fuck's sake, man! Yeah. Top like, of the government people. <laughs> top of the government people. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> who, top who, of the government to you. Who phrases it like that? <laughs> Senior officials, dude. Like, yeah. what? You, he doesn't. He, I, and I do this too, but I'm, I'm just more articulate. He never knows where any sentence is going when he starts it. No, no. Every word is a fresh decision, <laughs> you know? It's a fucking journey when he starts talking. Yeah. And what kills me is now, if he just comes out and says, no, I have no ties to Russia at all, there's still going to be a significant, like his base, which is still around 40%, something like that. Yeah. There's still going to be like, okay, he said there's no ties, and even though he said on a radio interview that he met with all the top people and that they had a really good relationship, ah, he was just joshing on the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? It's really, well, it's at a point where it's just like they've poisoned the well so thoroughly and successfully that they're just not going to buy anything with the whole fake news branding and just, you know, like trying to make every story that breaks seem like, oh, it's just clickbait or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, some of it is, and you kind of got to suss it out and... 
takes yeah. a little bit of work and critical thing and it's just like there's a, there's a group of people and I don't even necessarily blame them I mean obviously I do but it's just like you get exhausted and you just don't fu- you want to you, you want to trust somebody you want to have a yeah have a dad in this shit you want to like be able to like believe somebody and just like I'm on that team that's easier than being like well I feel this way about this and that way like oh whatever he says I, he's fine for me you know I think it's the same thing as fake news, where people have taken fake news to be, oh, well, I don't agree with that, so that's fake news. Yeah. Anytime there's a compelling headline attached to compelling information, again, that whole base is just going to be like, clickbait. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that is not what clickbait means. No, it's... it's Clickbait means... We put Mentos in a fucking Sprite container, and you won't, won't believe, believe what, what happened next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and then you're like, bait. is it the same thing that happens with the Coke? Because yeah. I get it. You could just tell me that. <laughs> but it's like it's like so unbelievable that they forget that sometimes these things are true. Right. You know, it's uh, it's such a bomb. So many so, so many bombastic accusations are being made. People are just like, well, of course, there's no way, and it's just like, well, yeah, like, the, yes, like, and there is a way. It did. We're getting to the point. We're gonna do an episode really soon about deep fakes. Do you know what those are? It's AI generated porn. I thought it was a basketball move. <laughs> it's that too, but it's AI generated porn where you can put pretty much any celebrity in porn videos and it looks very realistic really i feel like that's gonna start becoming big news and then the p tape will come out and trump will be like mm, deep fake that's fucking crazy dude that's very interesting yeah yeah because it, it's a thing like that reddit just banned that whole sub uh subreddit that was about deep fakes okay and the technology is fucking crazy if there's a video on youtube i'll include it when we talk about it on the podcast but it's basically there's one video is bush and there's another one i think is putin and on the other side of the screen it's just a dude talking and everything he says it looks like bush bush or putin's mouth moves in that exact way so from there if you just get a convincing voice actor yeah you can make anything look like Whoa. a real video that's pretty wild and i feel it, like it takes me back to middle school where i'd printed out a uh, like i'd, I'd arrange the all of these pictures on a like a microsoft word page and printed them out <laughs> of just laura prepon but like from that <laughs> 70s show but it was just like a lot of fake nice. nudes of laura prepon i didn't realize were fake and i just i printed those fake out nudes. so i could go look at them in my room like <laughs> So this has, this, has, awesome. this has deep roots, dude. <laughs> uh, but it's during the Miss Universe pageant where the P tape is alleged to have happened. That is, like I'm telling you right now, that deep fix thing and the P tape that is one of the the best ATB hail mary calls of which there have been a lot. I, I feel like it could happen. You're you're you got a good eye for this shit, man, <laughs> and I really think that's going down. Yeah, I could because it's he's gonna have to come up with a way to if that video ever comes out. He's going to have to come up with a way to discredit it he can't, for he, his base. You can't just have a video of you getting pissed on come out and then resign in disgrace. You got to make a move, you know? Yeah. Like he's Even not, if it's just putting out another album like R. Kelly did. Yeah, yeah exactly. You have yeah. to react in some way. You, you, can't just, you can't just take that on the chin. That's a tough one, man. <laughs> not like they took it on the chin. Oh. The piss, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right. We do good work around here. Man, those those women ma- made, what, a year's worth of Patreon money to, <laughs> to, to do that? Two years? Uh, there's also reportedly more tapes of Trump at sex parties in uh, the, town of, the city of St. Petersburg in Russia from that same time. And uh, all of this Saint is- St. Petersburg. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
And all of this is included in the Steele dossier, which BuzzFeed was the first one to publish. So weird that that's like a legitimate news. BuzzFeed is doing good stuff. Like BuzzFeed was the only news outlet to come out and be like, hey, stop acting like Kim Jong-un's sister is a good person because she threw shade to Mike Pence. It's like, yeah, they run gulags. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Quit fawning over her. Everyone lives on like hard tack and fucking promises (laughs) in, in that entire country. It's so weird. And now even with some of these like media institutions you got to be like okay so like the wall street journal the editorial page is evil but the investigative reporting they do is good and you've got to like make these distinctions and realize what you're looking at and it's just a lot you know yeah you almost want a cheat sheet with like some kind of like score or whatever and it's like but even then like like organizations like snopes which you think is like this great libertarian like arbiter of like what actually happened and it's great for shit like is this actually a picture of his dude uh, getting his head cut off when he tried to jump off a building and land on a fence but it's like with with shit like this it's like it becomes just as partisan as anything else yeah it's like what the fuck are you gonna do yeah we we tend to put a lot of uh, whenever there's a, a conspiracy theory or some sort of not mainstream idea that comes out we tend to really lean on well is that a credible source but then when someone debunks that thing we pay no attention to whether that's a credible source it's yeah. just like oh well this blogger fucking debunked it so yeah that's fake and it's like no that motherfucker's as wrong as anyone else yeah 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 it uh and this is I don't know. Like, I, I feel like this is an easy one to answer. Is Trump under the influence of a foreign government? Yeah, obviously. I mean, to what the entire extent? fucking campaign. I mean, to, like, to what extent and to, to what ends and all that stuff? I mean, it's in the breeze a little bit, but it seems pretty, very, really pretty reasonable to yeah, conclude, yeah. like, yeah, something's going on, you know? Yeah, and the, the thing about this, one thing I had in the notes, a lot of mainstream outlets are pushing this idea like normally if you google manchurian candidate trump you're gonna get like geocities <laughs> pages and shit crazy like that. shit like that yeah, yeah and this is like huffington post new york times salon.com the atlantic daily coast is that how you pronounce that i daily coast that's always how yeah, I, I don't know. Pronounce, yeah. not a good site i read it no yeah it's very, very sloppily written uh also moby is how do we feel about like Moby's going to die of a fentanyl overdose in like six months? Oh, I'm sure, absolutely, yeah. and it's going to be because some uh, CIA dude just slapped a patch on back of his neck at an airport. And yeah, this it it manager is going to have to. We, I regret to <laughs> inform you, Mobus. Moby has succumbed to uh, uh, aggressive onset gayitis. Uh, <laughs> as, uh, we, we still don't know how he contracted the disease. Like, <laughs> but he's he's been. He did a radio interview. And he's, basically, kind of, he's kind of like the like the uh, like like the more uh, atmospheric Tom DeLonge. With some yeah, of this stuff, yeah. You know? He's like the Tom DeLonge of Trump stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he claims he knows CIA agents and FBI people who he's met during his years touring. And then at one point last year, they sat him down and were like, "Look, Trump is a Manchurian candidate. Can you get some of this information out there?" Obviously, your social media following is better than ours, which how crazy would that be if our CIA agents were all like celebrities also? That would be funny, like, yeah. It's not you remember when they found Comey's work? Twitter account? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it was just this way he just followed like his son-in-law and he just like, he like responded to a few things like, well, if that's the case, like he was just being like a cunt on Twitter, just like anybody else would be. It was, that shit was so funny. And as a, as a guy whose mom was a yoga teacher in the late nineties and early two thousands, you better believe I'm, I'm on Moby's fucking team, dude. All right. God damn right. We rocked out to all that shit all the time in the, in the fucking (laughs) Toyota Camry. That shit was great. And before Trump supporters jump in and call us crazy for even bringing this up or addressing the idea 
In 2014, there was a editorial on Breitbart that asked pretty much the exact same question of Obama. But the grounds for asking it were much shakier. Yeah. It was just like, oh, there's Muslims here and China's doing good. And it's like, you need to specify a government he's beholden to before that theory works. Yeah. But what I certainly didn't see is a lot of anti-Obama types in the comments on Breitbart going, Come on, this is unreasonable. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You won't see a whole lot of that. So. I remember getting into a fight with a guy in ninth grade about how just he's like Obama's a Muslim, and I was just like, "Dude, I'm I'm like barely not eleven, and I'm like I don't <laughs> think he's a Muslim. You fucking idiot! I was eleven so recently. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the the Trump is a Manchurian candidate episode. I buy it. Yeah. I mean, even if it's not the not the whole brainwashing and he's going to assassinate someone bit. The influence of a foreign government, I think it's very clearly there. He's under a few thumbs. Yeah, I'd know? argue we have more compelling evidence in this episode than most episodes we do. Yeah, for sure. And, like, what are the conclusions? I don't know. I mean, there's so many... Good luck, America. There's so many pieces of yarn and thumbtacks. It's like, I don't... I, I, I'm not going to yeah. pretend I'm smart enough or, or educated enough to know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the kind of thing we just sort of have to see where it's going. Yeah. And There's I mean, no way to know. I mean, thank God these people are like, you know, getting still writing about this, even in the wake of zillions of death threats and all these fucking. Yeah. Is it a bot? Is this actually a guy with a, a, a you know, like a, an anthrax uh, refinery in his shed in Mississippi? Like, yeah. it's fucking crazy. So crazy. Uh, so that's that's week one of Mind Control Month. Oh, what another lighthearted, fun month, guys. Thank you for listening. This is a subscription-only episode, so thank you for listening, subscribers. Yeah. Next week, we're we're doing an episode about MKUltra. It's kind of a two-part episode. We're doing one episode about MKUltra, then the week after that, we're reviewing the Wormwood documentary. Yeah. Which, how much of it have you watched yet? Uh, about a third of the way through. Yeah. It gets really good at the end. It's uh, it's interesting shit, guys. Yeah, I think uh, I think the uh, the conspiracy of the show fans will dig it. Yeah, I think so. And then we're we're finishing out Mind Control Month with an episode about Harp, which is it's going to be interesting. Yeah, that'll I've, be fun. I had to do some web sleuthing while researching that. Dude, Adam episode. Adam is dressed in all black. He's wearing a trucker hat. Like his <laughs> eyes like are dilated <laughs> fully. Like you know, this is going to be good content, gang. I'm on meth. <laughs> uh, what do we have to plug before we get out of here? Uh, I'm going on tour all over the place in April, guys. Uh, I'm talking Milwaukee, Chicago, uh, fucking Detroit, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Pennsylvania. Uh, no, that's that's also Pittsburgh. Philadelphia uh, yeah. is the one. New York City. <laughs> uh, and uh, tickets for that are all up on MeanBoysPodcast.com. And uh, if the ticket link isn't live in your town yet, they all should be by the time this drops. Uh, just jump on the email list and you'll be the first to know. Nice. Oh, and headline of the Ontario Improv, March 20th. Adam's birthday. Happy birthday to me. Uh, I am going out on tour with Chet Wild starting in May. Hell yeah. So we will have uh, dates for that really soon. We're going to have a, like a three-day window to record two months worth of podcasts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're going to have to record on the road somewhere. Yeah, I might have to. I, I did a pod, like a gal was on the road with a podcast. She Skyped in for a podcast, like using the Wi-Fi from a diner in Claremore, Oklahoma. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, it worked great. So we'll have to figure something out. Yeah, I've done that a few times. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll be fine. Uh, all right, let's get the fuck out of here. Connor, say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.